All right, hello, idiots on parade. The too ugly for P- the too ugly. Uh, is that what we are? Yeah, the too ugly for TV podcast. I almost forgot our name. Hi, Jake. How's it going? Uh, things are well here. I I gotta admit, I almost feel too overwhelmed to record today. I don't know that we should record a podcast because there's so fucking much to talk about. We got the Bundy uh, thing, the and going on in Oregon, the the. Um, taking of the bird sanctuary. We have three NFL teams that are uh, going to move. They're going to leave you their city. We have the water situation in Flint, Michigan. Uh, David Bowie and Alan Rickman both passed away. This was a big fucking week. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was sad to hear about those guys going, man, and, and about the, uh, the the water situation. So they're, they're basically shutting off the water there. I, I haven't been following that one too close, man. Well, it's not a matter of following it too close. That... And the sad thing is, is I don't know a lot of what's going on. I think the Flint, Michigan story is probably the most underreported news story yeah. in a long time. Because literally we have, hold on one second, um, sorry listeners, I'm <coughs> dying here. We have a major, not like New York, but we have a big United States city that has lead in its water. Like, we're going back, you know, lead paint. We're talking about third world worse conditions for its water. And wow. kids were getting brain damage. And Holy shit, yeah, really? Yeah, like, I, I, that's what I've read is that young kids, it's like any anything where the elderly and the young are the most affected and the most damaged and the most injured. And yet it's not front page screaming holy shit news. And it should be because it was all done for money. The city said, well, we have this safe water supply that costs this much. If we use the river and sort of clean it up the best we can, God we'll save damn. Money. See, I just kind of saw the headlines and it is saying that they were seeking uh, aid for, for, for water contamination. But I just thought it was like a recent thing. You no, know what I mean? this I was, was not like, oh, like something. Some kind of leak or something. Yeah, no, not a leak. They literally shortchanged the entire city to save money. And uh, the pictures I've seen of it, I mean, the water's brown. Like, they, they literally have residents showing water coming out of their tap saying, this is fucking brown. And they're like, yeah, it's brown, but it's still, you know, safe and healthy. And I don't know how many months. This is, Again, this is why it's underreported, and I haven't done the research. This has been going on for several months. It's not like they just changed the water supply you and everybody the went. brown water isn't as good as the white water? That's fucking racist. <laughs> just shut up and drink it, Flint. And Shut up and drink it. I think that was the mayor's stance right wow. there. Is, is, uh, but yeah, so lead poisoning. So this is something we should research and talk about. But I think it's, I think it's so severely underreported, and it's very sad to think that. Yeah, dude, you have this I'm, I'm reading city about this right now. That shit is crazy, man. Yep, and it was all. And they said uh, I did see one segment on the Daily Show that said that to fix it would have been a hundred dollar a day. Uh, situation. So $365,000 a year for clean drinking water, but they decided to save $100 a day. And then I saw a news clip, um, I don't know from where, but it said to change out all the lead pipes now that everything's been damaged and the problem's been exposed, $1.5 billion. So wow. instead of spending 365 to make it safe for everybody, they, they're going to now, and they're going to be lawsuits. I mean, people, if, if, if what I've heard is correct, that you have young children that drank lead water and now have brain damage, they are going to be yeah. sued for millions upon millions of dollars. And it's disgusting Since, the, since then, the city has switched back to uh, using Detroit's water. 
you know your city's water sucks when you know it's just like <laughs> you gotta we need cleaner go to water. Detroit. Let's go talk to Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. There's one thing that Detroit's known for. It's uh, clean water. Squeaky clean water. <laughs> well, they're not known for the best water, but our shit is horrible. Have wow. you ever? I would love to go to downtown Detroit. Um, I have. Uh, they uh, did a 60 Minutes profile in Detroit. And I can't remember who it is. I think it's Quicken. Does that make sense to you? Does that sound right? The founder of Quicken is, maybe it's not Quicken, but it's a, a big profitable company. The founder based his business in downtown Detroit. So downtown Detroit is like beautiful and thriving and looks great. And then the instant you get like several blocks away, it turns into everything you see on the news. It's like this weird isolated oasis surrounded well, yeah, by man. I mean, it's still hell. a massive city, so you're you're still gonna have some rich people there, and they're you know they're gonna have nice areas. There's gonna be nice little suburbs. There's gonna be good like like ur- urban areas, but then yeah, it's just like, what are the other areas like? You know. Well, and that's the funny thing is I did a show there. Um, it's just outside of Detroit in a very nice suburb. I'm going there this summer. Uh, it's called Royal Oak. It's very upper middle class, and I love the comedy club. But um, they have, when I lived in Los Angeles, they have something called Del Taco, which I found superior to Taco Bell. But you're rating fast food, so like, really, what's the difference? But um, so I was driving through Detroit, and I saw a billboard Del Taco exit here, and so I did. And all weekend on stage, I said, you know, if there's one thing you don't want to do in Detroit is just take a random exit because a billboard tells you to. <laughs> and I just drove straight into shit. And I'm like, hey, nice. it was like that scene in Vacation. Roll them up, you know, <laughs> lock in the door. And I didn't feel unsafe because it's the middle of the day and I'm, you know, in a commerce area and I'm not walking. But you looked around and you're like, yeah, I don't want to be here after sundown and I definitely wouldn't be walking around or anything like that. It was, it was just funny. Like, don't, don't just take a random exit in Detroit. Yeah. No, I, um, you, you were talking about the NFL teams moving. My, my favorite team is actually, uh, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. And uh, my favorite player on the team was Domicong Sue because he's dirty and he stomps on people <laughs> and he moved you to the Dolphins. You like it for the purity. You have to like it for the violence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like the sport for, you know, the sport. I'm, I'm not like a huge football guy in general. I, I liked it a lot more when I was younger. But, uh, yeah, um, I, it, it makes me sad that he's going to be stomping on people. He's not going to be. He is. He played his entire last season there. It's not a new trade if that's how oh, yeah, far behind yeah. you are. But I, I, I just mean, uh, you know, that for, from here on out, he's going to be stomping on people in, in those, those stupid uh, – green and, and purple uniforms that they have in, I read, in Miami. I'm actually uh, just outside of St. Louis right now. That's where the comedy club is. Well, I said St. Louis earlier, but I read a story this morning. I went out and got some breakfast, and uh, the, it was a Panera Bread, and they had a um, newspaper there. Front page story was the city spent $16 million trying to get the Rams to stay. Just money that's completely lost, doing stadium surveys and just trying to throw money at this problem. How fucking sad is that? That, I mean, did you see the John Oliver uh, last week? Yeah, he did a great one, man. I was just going to say, I was just going to say that he he did a really good one on how much money, uh, taxpayer money just goes to 
trying to keep these teams here, which, yeah, it kind of does help out the economy. But I not really. The fact that they yeah. give them so many fucking tax loopholes that most of that money's going right back to the, the, the owners of the team anyway. Man. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I, I, I hope it all tanks. Like, I, I'm so fucked up. There are so many thoughts going through my head. First of all, I believe that if a team leaves a city then the city should retain the rights to the name. Now, that's fucked up here because it literally is the Rams going back to Los Angeles. They were the Los Angeles Rams, then the St. Louis Rams, and now they're going to be that. So that's fine. But when you have the San Diego Chargers thinking about moving to Los Angeles, and I'm probably doing so, or the Raiders going to San Antonio, like when, when the Browns left Cleveland and became the Ravens, Cleveland got to keep the Browns, and I think that's only fair. Um, yeah, that the city keeps, but I, I do hope that any team that leaves, like, I hope if the Chargers go to San Diego, that they just flop, that nobody gives a fuck because it's you, you generate this huge fan base and you fuck them over, like you said, with tax breaks and all the money goes to the top and every and you, you pay $20 for a hot dog. And I went to uh, a concert and uh, at Soldier, Soldier Stadium, Soldier Field in Chicago. And parking was forty dollars. Forty dollars to park. Forty dollars, God. Damn. And that, uh, and then I looked it up, and that was just that wasn't concert price. That was just they charged forty dollars when the Bears played. It was forty dollars to park your car. Did now, they at least wash it for you? Exactly. Valley? Nothing. That was just the shit. Now, when you broke it down, we had four people going to the concert, so it's like, oh, okay, ten dollars a person isn't so bad, but it it all adds up, and it's just so expensive, and to to fuck over a community to say. Oh, and with with uh, the Rams, they moved to St. Louis 20 years ago in 95. So their stadium is not old and decrepit. It's just a guy being yeah. an asshole. Like, a football stadium at 20 years old is not a horrible... I mean, maybe it doesn't have all the modern... Oh, it doesn't have Wi-Fi like Levi Stadium in uh, not San Francisco or just outside of San Francisco because they fucked San Francisco, too. It's the San Francisco 49ers, but they moved... 50 miles away from San Francisco because they wanted a big state. It just fucks over the fans. When I feel like football, more than any other sport, possibly basketball, you will have more people in this country saying, I prefer watching college football compared to pro football. I mean, more so than any other sport. You don't hear that shit a lot with baseball. Like, oh, I, I like watching minor league more than uh, major leagues. So I, I feel like you don't hear that shit as much. You don't hear it as much with, I, I don't know, wrestling or fucking tennis or anything else. Possibly basketball, but I mean, not as much. I feel like I hear a lot of people say, I, I prefer um, college football over NFL. And the reason is, I don't think that the games are necessarily better what I think it is is that the fans are more into it, and the NFL only has themselves to blame because when you have, um, like I was just saying right now, Prime, my favorite player on the Lions, he moved to uh, Miami. You know, they, they sent him to Miami. So even if the teams are staying the same, you still have all these players moving around more than they ever did before, and now. I mean, I guess this is always happening, but now it's like three teams at the same time. You've got them just jumping the entire teams moving to different cities. It's like, okay, well, where's the fucking loyalty? And, you know, that's driving away your fan base. Whereas, you know, the um, 
for example, the Iowa Hawkeyes, right? They've been the Iowa Hawkeyes since that fucking school was there. You know, like that's the Iowa Hawkeyes are not going to become the Iowa State Hawkeyes. They're not going to go, well, you know, we're not getting paid enough to be in Iowa City. So we're going to go to, uh, we're going to go to Cedar Rapids. We're going to be Cedar Rapids Hawkeyes. Like that's not, that's not going to happen. You know, the college teams fucking stay there. And so people are, are lifelong fans of that team. And yeah, even though the players kind of come and go just because that's, that's, that's sort of what happens. Like they have to be going to school there. It's not the kind of thing to where like, Oh, now the players, that same player, instead of just he's graduated or he's gone to the NFL and, and he's done, he's now playing against you on your fucking rivals team. That's going to kind of mess with your fan base a little bit. And so that's why I think you have so many people that, that watch college football over, over yeah, the NFL, man. That makes I'm sense. I'm not saying the, the NFL's only... hurting for, for numbers. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, that they're, 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 they're shooting themselves in the foot slowly, I feel like. Yeah, and I, the only comparable situation, what you were talking about, is money. You know, the, the Dolphins said, we're going to give you more money, so the players just go like, hey, you got to follow the money. The only thing that's somewhat comparable in college is the coach, because you'll constantly read about coaches just getting up and moving because they're going to yeah, get more money. Yeah, it does happen. So, but that's, coaches, but yeah. I see what you mean with the loyalty. But it's not on the same level. With the no, NFL, no, it's no, fucking no. everything. Yeah, it's well, every it's player. It's literally the player, entire right. team sometimes. Yeah. You know? No, I absolutely agree with you. What's funny is I am... I, I was going to laugh uh, because I'm the absolute ops opposite, like uh, in two situations. And I'm a hypocrite. Not only am I the opposite of what you described, but I'm a hypocrite. And I will explain. I don't like college football because you can find a couple of good players and a team that makes a run. But there are, and I'm going to make this number up, there are, say, you know, 500 colleges with football teams and 32 yeah. NFL teams. So when you watch an NFL game, you've got the best players because so many get get weeded out because they just can't make well, yeah, it. Well, yeah, and that's, that's exactly – yeah, you're exactly right. You're going to have better players and better coaches, and it's it's the best of the best in college football that get condensed into much fewer teams. Right. So it's they're going to be better players, but you still have a lot of people that do watch more college football. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just talking that's personally. That's why I think the reason is, man, because – they are going to be, you know, higher quality games, man. But I, I really think it's just like a fan loyalty thing, man. Oh, I agree because with of you. this shit. And this is where I'm a hypocrite. I don't like baseball. I find it boring. Except I do enjoy, and maybe once a year, once every two years, my wife and I, and sometimes we'll go see the Colonels play, the minor league team. I think they're a farm team for the Angels now. Yeah. Uh, in Cedar Rapids. And I enjoy that because of the intimacy. I like when you sit behind home plate at a minor league game, I don't know anything about baseball, but the instant the pitch leaves the, the, the pitcher's hand, the ball leaves the pitcher's hand, I, in my mind, I can within a second go, ooh, that's a strike or that's a ball. Like, I love how small it is. And now the hypocrite part of me is I see these kids living the dream and they want to make it to the major leagues, but I, sometimes the games are so awful because it's just like riddled with errors. So the same thing I don't yeah. like about the college game, which is the players aren't as good, I can forgive in baseball because I almost, like there were some, I would go to a Colonels game and just watch this one, I think, shortstop fuck up every time. And I would like laugh and feel bad for him because it's like, here he is, he wants to go to the majors, but he just is a fuck up. And 
so it's it's sad in a way, but I, I get that I'm a hypocrite. I'll enjoy baseball when it's small and not professional, but I'll only enjoy football when it's fast and most talented. But yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I do get the, the college appeal for most people, and it is a lifelong thing. You can't be a lifelong uh, uh, Rams fan unless you're 20 years old. because it's, And that's the thing with St. Louis is this is the second football team they've lost in my lifetime. They had the Cardinals who went to Arizona, and so then they got the Rams. Yay, we got a foot. And then they lost them, too. It's like, are they going to get another team? At what point do you sort of, I don't want to say blame the city because it is the owner playing bullshit moves with the stadium and wanting more money, but how do you lose two football teams over the course of your lifetime? You know what I think would be kind of cool is if all professional sports teams could only use players that were born in that city like i'm talking birth certificate and all or at least went to high school there i'll say if you played high school football in that city you can you can play sports there you could play like professional football there and like no trading no none of that shit because then it would be like the arena city football. itself yeah then it would be like they have to fucking grow them from the ground up and you would just have some cities that are like, I, I I don't know, man, like the Spartans, like at age seven, they're just like, you go into the wild and you do nothing but play football. And if you survive until you're 18, then then maybe you can be on the Cleveland Browns. And, and then they're just like total fucking uh, football animals. And they would be like the insane cities. But it would be like random cities. Like it wouldn't be like New York in L.A. where you can have like, you know, other things that you're into or dreams or, oh, we have the Museum of Natural History or, you know, Broadway shows. Yeah, it would just be like, look, the steel mills closed back in the 60s and we got nothing else. We have starvation and and gangs and football. And they would just be like savages, man. I, th- I, I so think we should do that. Um, it's not the same thing, but you have me thinking about they do not that but that in uh, Europe, I can't, I saw a small piece on it, like a 60 minutes, 10 minute piece, and I can't give you names because I don't remember them, but there are several, and we're talking the big name soccer clubs that have boarding schools or whatever you want to call no it. No shit. And they get them at, at kids and they start weeding them out. And so like in America, you have the NFL where there's parity. You have a draft. The worst team gets yeah. to draft the best player in europe you have uh and i'm just gonna make this up but because i it's a name i know manchester united there is a manchester united school where kids go at age five or six to start playing soccer and if by you know 10 or even uh, even at seven or eight two years in they don't show an aptitude for it they'll either get kicked out or you know, they just breed the best, and it's all sponsored by that soccer club. That's so insane, then get, man. Yeah, and so Dude, that's that why you have the, these... the crazy level of fandom compared to here. Like when you look at like soccer hooligans and shit. Yeah, and just I mean, just like look into that a little bit. Look at like the YouTube clips of those guys going nuts and like stabbing other fans and killing the referees. Yeah, and, it's like those fans uh, yeah. are all Oakland Raider fans. They're just thugs. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think there's any, I, I, I don't, I don't think like any hardcore football fan here would deny that hardcore soccer fans in Europe 
are are way more into their team. Oh yeah. Then, but you know, I'm not saying we don't have ravenous sports fans here, but it's a whole other level. And yeah, that's I I think that's a big reason for it is because that's not just the guys that Manchester drafted who fucking they came from wherever the fuck. I mean, that's that's Manchester born and bred. You know, like bred to play soccer here and you know has been kicking a ball around practicing in Manchester you know yeah and it's not however all of them. many miles outside like the really big ones I'm not positive yeah. but it's I think it's only and that's again that's unfair because if you have the money to breed your soccer players and then the big clubs you'll read like in America we think NFL players have big contracts and then you'll read oh yeah this guy got a 250 million dollar contract because if you come from a different team and are good, well, then the big teams will just fucking buy you. Yeah. And that's what makes the World Cup to me so exciting because that's when everybody goes home. Instead of having these big powerhouse, like what you're describing, the city players, imagine if they did that with all 50 states for the NFL where, yeah, you play on the Seahawks, but every four years there's a quick tournament where you can only play for the Washington team. Yeah, you play for the uh, Bears, but every four years you have to go play for the Wisconsin team. You can't that would play be nuts, for, man. Yeah. And, and that's what happens with soccer is, yeah, you have all these big clubs that play professionally, but then the players go home and play for their home team for the world championship, and I think that's really neat. That's why I yeah, like the that's, World that's Cup. Yeah, that's cool, man. So let's talk about, uh, we've, we've talked, uh, we didn't, well, we met, we can talk about the unpassing of the, the death, but uh, the Bundy Ranch, uh, the guys, uh, it's not the Bundy Ranch, that's Nevada, but the, the Bundy and his followers in Oregon. I, the, the, I posted a story yesterday that I thought was the best thing I've ever read. You, you read last week that some guy sent them dildos, did you not? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. And so yesterday, uh, it hit the news, the, one of the co-founders of Cards Against Humanity, have you heard of that? Oh, yeah, dude, that's a great game. Well, yeah, one of the co-founders spent over $1,000 to buy a 55-gallon drum of lubricant and have it Amazon shipped to, he bought it on Amazon and had it expedited dude, that's awesome. to the Bundy Ranch. He's like, oh, hey, I saw you got these dildos, <laughs> here's a 55-gallon drum of lube for you. I mean, that, I wish, that, if I were a wealthy person, that's the kind of shit I would do, is as these guys are acting like dildos, send them dildos and lube so they can fuck each other as they're holed up in the ranch. Because that, that to me, is the yeah. only thing that makes this story newsworthy, is the fact is that people are fucking with them. They're, they're literally actively trolling these idiot protesters. What, what got me is they're, they're going to take over a federal building. Right, because we're pissed off at the federal government, and they locked up these ranchers for not paying taxes or whatever. And uh, for we, we arson, raising, they locked raising, up the ranchers like, for or, yeah, burning their own right. land. It was it was arson, yeah. Um, but there were there was other ones where it was like uh, they weren't paying grazing fees, yeah, right? That and was the was original arson. Bundy uh, back. And in then they and then they said that this guy was like covering up poaching or something like that, and that's why he started the fires and so. But like it's always a weird, complicated thing. What gets me the most about it was it was they're like, okay, we're going to take over this federal building, and this this will get the federal government to give in to our demands. And what what high value target are we going to fucking take over? A wildlife reserve. Yes, that's right. We're going to bring America to its knees by taking over a wildlife reserve. If you don't give in to our demands, we'll. Shoot one of the last seventeen spotted red owls 
or keep them from breeding. It's like, dude, we don't give a fuck about a wildlife reserve. What are you talking about, man? Well, it's not even a matter of don't give a fuck about, because I do, but it's, um, there is a bird sanctuary 10 minutes from my house. Um, and we take my daughter there. They have a couple eagles that, um, they take in bird rescue birds. Like this place might, I'm not positive what the situation is in Oregon, but the one by my house is they have these owls that were kept as pets or uh, had their wings, uh, they got shot and they can't fly. So basically it's a rescue sanctuary where you can walk around and look at owls and a couple eagles and a couple hawks. And the building itself is really small. And that's what I imagined when they took this over. Is like, I could take well, yeah. over this bird sanctuary. Like, instead of really protesting, like, and when we hear about ISIS, that's what I'm saying. they take like over an little, entire city. ISIS like goes nothing. in and fights yeah. the cops. Or in Afghanistan, they surround a police station and they go after a... Th and it's violent and it's horrible. I could literally walk into this bird sanctuary by my house and say, hey, uh, I'm taking this over. I declare I'm taking this over. Leave. And the bird guy would probably go... Yeah, I don't feel like fighting, so fuck it. I'm gonna go to lunch. You do what you gotta do. Like, it's, oh it's well, the yeah. Most... <laughs> Look, like, there was probably like one desk clerk who, you know, they they, they must have let go. Otherwise, it, it would be a hostage situation. Right. And then, right. Yeah. Like, well, I think they actually hostages. took it over when there was no one there because you can go visit my well, yeah. bird sanctuary when it's empty. You can go. Like, it, it, I think it's the hours are sun up to sunset. And so there's not always a, a, a game warden or person from the DNR on site. So, yeah, they just went there when there's no one on site and said, it's ours. Ooh, tough guys. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what are you? We're going to take over the bird sanctuary. Like, uh, it's yours then. Honestly, we were tired of spending tax dollars having to pay the guy to fucking sit there and scratch his balls all day anyway <laughs> and, and, and look after the peacocks. So, yeah, fuck it. You 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 win, Jethro. You get all the goddamn peacocks. Um, I I just I I love like what a what a low threat this is. Like, and, and you know these guys had it worked up in their head, right? They, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like like one of the guys released a video saying, "Oh, I might not come back alive. This is gonna be oh, they're gonna be big shootout. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna want these goddamn birds back, honey. And if I just want you to know, if uh, they kill me over the red spotted mongoose or whatever, um. I just want you to know that I died for freedom and the Constitution and ranchers, because they're coming for these birds, you know what I mean? They're not just going to let it sit in here with, uh, you know, one of the last 17 weird little owls that's going, like, no one gives a shit, dude. Like, people are just sending you loop. And it's such, like, a, a small thing. Like, it gets mentioned on the news, but there's never, like, serious, like, oh, there's... A it's not a crisis. By their yeah, it's not a fucking crisis, man. Like you said, it's not a hostage situation. It's just a bunch of guys sitting in a fucking cabin like they're hunting. But that's the best yeah. part is they when they put out the call for, uh, quote, snacks, which they're getting made fun of, the best part about it is they're being ignored by authorities. So... It's like it's been pointed out, nobody needs to send you shit. You are not surrounded. You can literally leave, go to the store, and then go back <laughs> to your compound. And, like, you know, no one's, you're, you're not being prevented. There's no, uh, you know, the National Guard yeah. does not have you surrounded with tanks. So the fact that they're send, asking people to send food when you can just go buy it is, like, the only you thing I wish such a low value target. We've only sent like sheriff's department trainees right. to deal with this. We do not care. The the, the full time cops in that county 
are all writing speeding tickets right now. That is a bigger deal to us than that fucking wildlife sanctuary. In fact, you know, I'll, 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 I'll give them this. Like, we, we should say, listen, you can just have the wildlife sanctuary, but as, as, part, of, uh, as part of that, uh, you have to take basically most of the things in the woods. Uh, militia people, you can now have the woods. I feel like people that live in the cities, most of us, we don't really give a fuck about the woods. And like if, if for some reason I ever accidentally have kids, I don't want them going in the woods. Bad things happen in the woods. So I want a legitimate, a legitimate thing in the woods. I want to be like, listen, um, Cletus and the boys, they got the woods in a fucking treaty. And now the woods is not part of the U.S. anymore. It's just called mullet vakia now. And they sort of make their own laws. They're allowed to have rocket launchers out there like Jesus and the founding fathers intended. And they just pretty much do whatever. And there's no women out there because chicks ain't into anything those guys are doing. So it's pretty much just um, rocket launchers and deliverance rape. The whole woods so don't go out there with lube deliverance rape with lube though it's not gonna well, be they had good lube they... back when it was funny in the in the uh in the in the mid-teens but they ran out of that in the 30s so they're using uh oh yeah, yeah like yeah. tree sap and um i don't know now swamp here, mud here's the one thing i hope and i have not read this so i i should have done a little research because i'm not smart but i do hope that uh, the federal government has done one thing, and I don't know if they had, maybe you know. Uh, it would be nice if once they took over that little bird sanctuary, the feds went, oh, all right, well, just uh, let's cut the electricity. Like, uh, let's, we can segue in this into Hans Gruber and uh, Alan Rickman, but yeah, just cut off the heat and electricity to that shack. Like, there you go. Uh, if you want the shack, it's yours, but we're going we're gonna to flip a switch here, and you don't have power, so you got to bring in a generator. So, and then they'll yeah, be online it is, it is saying, Oregon in the fucking winter. Good job picking a good... You went from Arizona, a warm place during the winter, to go to a cold place during the winter and take over a building that we could just cut the electricity to. Yeah, I, I just I love the idea of these guys being all, like, ready to die, like, Waco style. Yes. And just, just like, a passive fucking hostage crisis. Or not hostage, but you know what I mean? Like, negotiation crisis thing, like... They're trying to call the sheriff's departments with demands and getting put on hold every day. <laughs> and the <laughs> sheriff's sheriff just like, you, you idiot's still there. Go away. <laughs> you guys call back at like 1.30, maybe 2 o'clock. It tends to take long lunches on Fridays. So And the yeah, fucked up yeah. thing is if, the, if it really were a Waco-style thing, what I've been saying from the beginning is, can't we just drone strike them and be done with it? I mean, we have the drones. There would, no, there would be no firefight. You would not have the National Guard or sheriffs. There would be no gunfight. It would literally just be, all right, we got uh, the, the targets. Uh, we see their heat signature, so just, you know, boom. There, they're done. All right, well, yeah, you're, man. You're that's what I love about these militia guys. They're like, well, you know, we got, we got our rifles to fight tyranny and big government. And but the federal government is overstepping their 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 bounds, and it's up to us to to, to fight them. And it's like, dude, they have fucking tanks and drones and MRAPs. And yeah. I, sorry, you're gonna dude. lose. I, I was in. I was in Iraq and Afghanistan. I've seen what happens with a dude with a rifle goes up against an armored MRAP and some fucking some drones. Don't don't end well for that guy. It really. Uh, oh, but I got I got an AR that holds forty bullets. I mean, it doesn't fucking matter. Hey.
They can pry it from my cold, dead hands. It'll take about five fucking minutes for them to kill <laughs> everybody in that bird sanctuary. And all the birds, too, for good measure, just to make sure they're not working with you. You know what I mean? Just wipe out you and the fucking birds. And honestly, it's probably the reason they haven't done it yet is because they don't want, I don't know, PETA protesting that they fucking shot up some birds, man. That's probably the only reason they haven't done it yet. Or not really. It's just because they don't give a shit. Like... These guys are picking such low-value targets that no, no one is going to notice. It, I'll, I'll say you could take over every wildlife sanctuary in the country simultaneously. It could be the Tet Offensive of wildlife sanctuaries. No one would give a shit. <laughs> no one would give it. You could fucking have them all. You, you said something that made me think of something else. Good Vietnam reference, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. Fucking... Uh, we're running out of time, but let's bounce back. You said PETA would protest. Let's go back to Flint, Michigan, because I forgot this. PETA put out word saying, hey, uh, Flint, we hear you need water. Tell you what, you become vegan, and we will supply you with water, bottled water. I cannot think of a bigger dick move than to put a price on generosity or compassion, because it's not, it's neither generous nor compassionate at that point. The only reason I found out about it is because I saw online, there's a guy holding a placard that says, hey, PETA, I'm a vegan, and you know what? I'm not an asshole. Either give them water or don't, but don't be a dick about it. And yeah, I, what, what kind of... It's just I'm looking for attention, dude. Like, at, at this point, that's, that's an animal group that just wants to make it clear that they care about animals more than people. Yeah, like that is true. The, the fucking tiniest, most rabid squirrel is worse more to them than all the Martin Luther Kings and Mother Teresa's our fucking species has ever produced combined. So eh, as a human, fuck them, you know? Uh, to be fair, I, Mother Teresa was kind of a cunt. And more the more the more you get away from her death, uh, the worse she looks, uh, so yeah, it's true. She did. She did try to convince uh, a bunch of people in Africa not to use condoms. So India. that's that's kind of a check against her. Was it? Was anything? I thought she went to Africa and shit too. Maybe Africa oh, also, but India is what she's known for. All right. Well, we are out of time, but let's let's just do a quick goodbye. Uh, man, I got to tell you, Lemmy was hard because I was into heavy metal when I was a kid, and I saw Motorhead live. I saw Motorhead open for Slayer. It was a great show. And then David Bowie, come on. I mean, that guy's a god. Yeah. He, when I was a kid, I didn't love David Bowie, but I respected him. Like, I was a teenager, and I knew David Bowie as Ziggy Stardust made it okay to be weird. And then Alan Rickman as, as Hans Gruber and just in Truly Madly Deeply. It was, it was just a fucking yeah. heartbreaking couple weeks, dude. And then, then yesterday, Grizzly Adams died. Dan Haggerty, same thing. Yeah. Answer. I'm like, I, 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 I fucking everybody's today, dying. Man. This, so, yeah, oh, I, I, I did. I did buy uh, David Bowie's last album because I mean, it came out like two days before he died or something. Yeah, so, like, it came out on his 69th birthday, and then he died a couple. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, yeah, man, and I, I mean, I, I listened to it. It's, it's pretty good, man. It's way better than I ever thought any album produced by a sixty-nine-year-old uh, man on his deathbed would ever fucking like. <laughs> I, I'm listening to it. I'm like, dude, this is fucking actually pretty good. I didn't think it would be that great. It was more like one of those, well, I, you know, I, I just kind of want to buy it to more or less pay my respect the only way I I, I can, I guess, other yeah. than posting one of his songs on Twitter. It just, yeah, it seemed like if you're going to the trouble of releasing an album 
that close to death, like that's your way of sort of saying goodbye to the the the, the music world and, and and all your fans. I was like, dude, yeah, I, uh, I've always loved David Bowie. I'm I'm, I'm gonna buy his. It fucking sounds pretty good, dude. Like it genuinely sounds pretty good. Well, I'll have to give it a listen. I I I I did what anybody did is I listened to David Bowie a lot the next day, and then obviously yeah, Alan Rickman came right on top of it. And I don't I didn't forget about Bowie, but I just was like, God damn, just too much to digest, too much because he was just a, he was a fantastic actor. And then you find out about him as a person, and he's just a good person. Like Bowie was a good person. So goodbye to our heroes. That's, that's Axl Rose is going to live to a hundred somehow, though, man. Yeah, those mutton chops are going to keep getting bigger. <laughs> As is his be belly. All right, oh, kids. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, NathanTimmel.com, JakeVever.com. Uh, hopefully, no deaths to talk about next week. Later. <laughs>